Hello, welcome to episode 16 of the podcast. I'm your host, you can call me Dexter. Today we're going to talk about stunts in movies and what you may need to do as background. Welcome to Background Noise. Before we start, a little story about the movie magic relating to foreign places. My first ever job on set, as I may have mentioned previously, was playing a pit lane mechanic at the 1923 Monte Carlo Grand Prix for a film called Easy Virtue. So while I was expecting an all-expenses trip to the Côte d'Azur to film it, we actually shot it in a barn just outside Reading. I filmed World War II trench scenes on an airfield next to the M25 in Surrey. I filmed downtown Washington DC in the middle of the city of London. And more recently, I was invited to work on a production set in the southeast of France, not far from Marseille. We were to be filming in a little cafe set on a bustling side street near the foothills of the Parc Naturel Régional du Verdon. Sounds great, right? In reality, we were in a disused former Jewish college campus just outside Oxford. It's fantastic what can be done with just a few appropriate bits of signage and some set dressing. We even had left-hand drive cars shipped in and driven for the Washington DC scenes filmed in London. But that doesn't mean you won't actually get to go to exotic places. When they were filming the 2000 version of Captain Corelli's Mandolin, it was set in Kefalonia in the Greek Ionian Islands, and they actually filmed it in Kefalonia. Because they needed white-skinned people to play the parts of the US Army who were stationed there, they recruited a lot of extras from England to play the soldiers. A friend of mine was chosen, and he got a three-month stay on the island, at full pay, to be on call whenever he was needed to work opposite Nicolas Cage. Not bad work if you can get it. Stick around later for a story involving a stuntman and me making a fool of myself in front of him. On the subject of stunts, it's not often you get asked to do stunts on set, but it's not out of the question. The thing to remember is that you're not there as a stunt person, you're there as an inexperienced person performing a stunt-like action. But remember, you don't have to do anything you don't want to from a stunt point of view. Typical stunts or more precisely, special action or SPAC work that you might be asked to perform include partaking in a choreographed fight, simulating a bullet hit and falling to the ground, and similar activities like that. You should never be asked to do anything for which advanced training is required. Falls, fire stunts, jumps, etc. If you are asked to do this, refuse. Chances are that you won't be insured and the, produ- the production won't pay you anything if you end up being injured. If any stunts at all are being performed, there should be a stunt coordinator on set. He, or quite often she, is responsible for safety on the set when it comes to stunts. You can always tell the stunt coordinator because they're generally loud, bossy and no-nonsense. Stunt guys are usually the gang that come in with large black bags stuffed with protective gear such as back pads, knee pads, elbow pads and other stuff to ensure they keep as much of themselves protected as possible in falls, etc. By far the most usual thing you're going to be doing stunt-wise is working on a scene in which stunts are being performed, but in which you yourself are not doing these stunts. Examples I've done in the past are where there might be a special effects explosion rigged which will catapult a stuntman into the air in the middle of a scene, or a fight sequence in which you'll be part of the people on the periphery of the fight, but not actually fighting yourself. Maybe even a jerk gag where a stuntman is pulled rapidly and violently backwards, usually through a fake wall or similar. 
If you're ever working with stunt people, it's vitally important you pay attention to what they're saying. Listen carefully, do exactly what you're told. Even if you're not involved in any of the stunt action yourself, it's important you listen to the briefing, and there should always be a briefing. There are numerous stories of background not listening to stunt coordinators doing what they want in the middle of a take and ended up being injured as a result. On one big-budget Hollywood movie I worked on, there were several stunt horse riders in a scene. They were to come barreling through the middle of the shot during the take. Everyone was told to stay to the left of the set or the right of the set. And during rehearsals, everyone did. But right in the middle of the first take, one woman decided she wanted more time in front of the camera and stepped out into the middle of the shot where she could be better seen. She collided with a horse galloping past her at high speed. As a side note, if you ever have to work with horses, the general rule is to be 100% aware of where they are, but do not approach them unless instructed to do so by the handlers. You may have grown up with horses. You may have horses of your own. You may be experienced in handling horses, but stay away while filming unless you're told to. A lot of these horses are specially trained for specific tasks, and some of them can be quite highly strung. If you want an example, watch that clip from Gladiator where Russell Crowe talks to his troops before the Battle of Germania and watch the horse kick an extra in the leg during the take. The whole issue of horses and other animals on set is fraught and what we might cover in a later episode. Stunts are actually really exciting to be involved with, especially if it's a big action sequence. When we shot the over-the-top scenes for War Horse, we had many, many stuntmen in that single scene, including falls and catapults throwing them into the air, all choreographed with special effects explosions. It was great. But the successful stunt is one where nobody gets hurt. Not the stunt performer, not the cast, not the crew, and especially not the background. I was working on a now-cancelled BBC spy drama. As part of the storyline, they were shooting a terrorist attack on the British Embassy in Cameroon. Naturally, in keeping with the earlier story I told you about foreign location shooting, we filmed it in Wandsworth High Street, South London. Actually, it was in the grounds of Wandsworth Town Hall. And when I arrived there, the place was in carnage. There were several burned-out vehicles, as well as an old Mercedes, which had been flipped on its roof. And it was supposed to be the aftermath of a terrorist bomb. As part of the shoot, they were going to set light to a stuntman and he was going to run across the frame, waving his hands, his body enveloped in flame. This unassuming man of 50 years old with a shaved head came on set, chatted with the director, slipped a leather jacket on his back. An assistant brushed some sort of substance over the jacket and held a flame to it. And suddenly he was on fire. He ran across frame, wildly waving his arms and fell to the ground off camera. A quick burst of an extinguisher and he was out. Uh, can we do it one more time, Nick? The director asked. Sure, he replied. Same again, jacket, flammable substance on the back, flame, waving arms, fire extinguisher, cut. Job's done, thanks Nick, called the director and they moved on to another scene. The stuntman headed over to the drinks table for a cuppa and I approached him and I said, uh, Hi, great work. I don't know how much they're paying you, but I hope it's a good amount. Oh, you said I'm doing this for free. We had a big stunt sequence set up with explosions, cars flipping and everything, but they ran out of budget. So I said, I'd do them a burn for nothing. Looks good. Fairly easy. No problem. Wow, I said. Uh, and then, can I ask, I've seen behind the scenes shots of burn gags before and there always seems to be lots of protective underlayers and special flame retardant gel and practicing, etc. You just seem to come in and do this literally by putting some stuff on the back of a jacket and lighting it. 
were you comfortable in the safety aspect? And he looked me straight in the eye, a deadly serious expression on his face. My name's Nick Gillard, he said. I hold a Guinness World Record for the longest burn at two minutes a light with no oxygen. I think I know what I'm doing. That's me told. Thanks for listening. This has been Background Noise. Mm-hmm.